Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everybody to the first episode of the Nutrition with Nick podcast. Um, Thank you so much for joining me and tuning in to check this out. Um, Today's episode is going to be a race recap of my most recent race, the Chevron Houston Marathon, January 2022. This marathon was a big one for me. I had a really lofty time goal. Um, I was finally able to hit my sub three hour marathon. And this was my fourth marathon. However, it was, I would say, my easiest marathon I've ever ran. So I wanted to do a recap to provide y'all with a little bit of information and insight to my training, nutrition, and all of that. So maybe uh, you could apply it to your own training for your future races. So uh, what we're going to talk about today is a little bit of my race history. So my past marathons, uh, my training for this uh, Houston Marathon cycle, my nutrition, of course. We're gonna go uh, kind of in depth on my nutrition from A to Z, from uh, planning it out to the week before the carb load and the race morning meal. Uh, we're also, of course, gonna get into the race day itself and uh, how that how that played out from the start line to the finish line. And then, of course, we'll talk about uh, kind of maybe what I'll do next, what I have coming up. So thanks again for tuning in. Um, feel free to reach out to me at nutritionwithnick1 at gmail.com or on my Instagram at nutritionwithnick if you have any feedback, any questions, or anything that you'd like to talk to me about. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, so for a little bit of my past races, um, the Houston Marathon was my fourth well, the Houston 2022 was my fourth. I actually uh, had my first marathon was in 2019. I was able to do a 320. That was just, um, you know, let's go see what a marathon's like and let's get across the finish line. My second marathon was uh, the Chevron Houston in 2020. And that was a 307, which was kind of a surprising time for me. Uh, I mean, I knew that I was uh, in a lot better shape than my first marathon, but I was really just hoping for you know something like a 315 or faster. I did not realize that I was going to get under that 310 mark. So that was a big race for me. We'll talk a little bit more about that. In 2021, over the summer, I ran a 313 up in Washington at the Tunnel Marathon. Uh, that was just more of a benchmark race. It was nothing, uh, not that big of a deal for me. It was just a fun run. And then my fourth marathon is the one we're going to talk about, the Chevron Houston of 2022, where I ran a 2.59 in 10 seconds. And that was also a Boston qualifier for me. Of course, it was a PR by, I think, like eight minutes or so. And then prior to that, my half marathon PR was a 129 from Austin in 2020. So um, I had a big year in 2020 that Houston and Austin half were both PRs for me. Um, That Houston in 2020 was really uh, the race that sparked my interest in going for that sub three Boston qualifying marathon. I knew that that 307 was so close yet so far away from that sub three hour marathon. So I was pretty sure that I could come back and do a sub three hour marathon, but I knew I would have to change up some things, change the way I trained, uh, the volume of my training, and uh, kind of have a new approach. 
So I was hoping to do that in 2021 for Houston Marathon, but the pandemic didn't let that race happen. So it gave me an extra year to prepare, train, and all of that. So in that two-year gap, um, there was a lot of strength training involved. I knew that in the 2020 Houston Marathon, my limiting factor was my muscular endurance and just my muscular strength during running. So I knew I needed, if I wanted to come back and shave eight minutes off of my time, that I would have to have much more strength. So I spent about two years uh, doing heavy lifting, uh, squats, deadlifts, leg presses, um, nothing super runner specific. I mean, I would do, you know, maybe once a week of single leg style movements, but really I just wanted to get stronger so I could make it through that race more confidently and also prevent injuries uh, while I was training. So um, I would I would fight a couple of injuries in my previous marathons, but then in these last two, as I got stronger, I had no injuries or threat of injuries. I never had to take any time off or anything. So I think that was a huge difference or a huge contributing factor to me being able to keep up with heavier training to support uh, my 2020 Houston Marathon goals of a sub three hour marathon. So with that being said, the specific training that I did for this race. So I chose to use a Jack Daniels 2Q running program. So I found this program on a website called fellrunner.com, which I'm going to link in the show notes for y'all. It's fellrnr.com. This is a super comprehensive website that I used to, um, as I was figuring out all my training to, to come for this race, I consulted to this website quite a bit. It was um, extremely useful, and it was like a, just a free... Some guy just uh, compiles all these running plans and compares them. He compiles a bunch of running shoes and compares them. Um, It's really awesome. So uh, I don't know who put that website together, but shout out to him because that was awesome. Um, So according to all these training plans that were were compared on this website, um, looking at miles per week, the number of long runs that I wanted to do per week, my current fitness, and then my goal fitness level, so uh, my goal of going under three hours, uh, this Jack Daniels 2Q running program was the most appropriate. Um, it was, a for me, moderately aggressive plan. I was clocking in between 47 to 60 miles per week. So um, some people, that's super conservative. For me, I was used to that 40 to 50 mile range. So going up about 10 miles per week was a little more aggressive, but also the structure of the training was what made it the most aggressive, I'd say. It uses past performances to kind of dictate your training paces. So um, you can choose up, you can choose your miles per week that you want to do. So if you want to do only 35 miles or if you want to do 125 miles per week, there is a training plan within that Jack Daniels 2Q running program for you. So this was an 18 week training plan for me. So it was just under five months. Um, As I said, uh, it uses past performances to dictate your training paces throughout the program. So what I did was I took that 18 weeks and I split it into three training blocks. So using uh, my past performances uh, to dictate my training paces for 
the first six weeks and then using my goal performance essentially in the last six weeks. And then in the middle six weeks, it was just kind of a transitory um, period. So what that would look like would be um, like a, a marathon goal pace for the first six weeks would be uh, a seven minute, nine second mile. And then in the last six weeks, all my marathon goal pace runs would be at a 652 minute mile. So like I said, this was a moderately aggressive program for me because of the miles per week and the structure of the program. So the way this program was structured is there's two long workouts per week. So that doesn't just mean two you know, track runs or it doesn't just mean that there's two long runs per week. It means both of those. So there's actually two long runs per week between 13 and 17 miles. And those long runs are actually um, workouts. So lots of tempo runs, lots of marathon goal paces, um, lots of track workout um, built into these long runs. So what that might look like is you might have a 13 mile run, you might have some threshold and interval speed work mixed in for like four miles. So what I would do would be something like run, you know, eight miles and then run like to a track and then do some track workout for, you know, a few miles, like four miles of track workout and then run like back a mile back to the house. Sometimes it'd be like 15 miles with just like six marathon goal pace miles uh, maybe a couple easy and then four threshold miles. So a little bit faster than that marathon goal pace, basically tempo miles and then a couple of easy miles to be cooled to cool down. So um, doing that twice per week was pretty aggressive for me, but um, I knew I needed to be more aggressive if I wanted to shave eight minutes off my off my PR. So and really, I needed to get back up to that fitness level that I was at in 2020 and then surpass that. So it took me probably that first that first six weeks or eight weeks just to get back up to my, my fitness level that I was at in early 2020 where I was having all my PRs. So what, what else the week looked like? Um, after these long runs, I would have, you know, maybe like, 25 miles maybe to fill in throughout the week. So I'd have to just uh, fill in those prescribed miles throughout the other three days of the week for a total of five days running per week. So I would do three easy days and two long days. And then the other two days of the week, I would spend in the gym. And I would try to add in the third day if I could for some strength training. But I always was there for at least two days per week. Um, so that was not just for strength. That was not just for injury prevention. That was also because I was trying to lose a couple of pounds as I was training and I wanted to re retain as much uh, muscle mass as I could uh, with strength training along with nutrition uh, strategies is um, super effective. So over that 18 weeks, I had five peak weeks around 55 miles each of those weeks. I have I've had a lot of people asking about those peak weeks. So I think five is pretty normal. It may be like one or two weeks more than some plans, but five weeks around 55 miles I thought was um, super manageable. So I kind of did a little bit of a calculation. It was a rough estimate really, but to compare it to that whole 80-20 rule of 80% easy, 20% hard running, I wanted to figure out where I was at. 
And uh, I, it was about a 70-30 split of easy and hard running. So at 50 to 60 miles per week, 30% hard running is not that big of a deal. If you get into those like 80, 100 mile weeks, if, you're a, if you like to run that many miles, then this plan might be a little bit more aggressive for you because 30% of 100 miles is a heavy training load. So that would be something to take into consideration if you were thinking about doing a Jack Daniels running plan. Um, like I said, I did two to three strength training sessions per week. Um, and I also, I ran in Hoka's my entire training cycle. So I really liked the Hoka Rincons. Uh, Rincons are the Hoka version of Brooks Ghost. So I liked the Brooks Ghost in the past. Um, I just didn't think they had enough life in them. So these Hoka Rincons, I tried them out. They were super light. They fit really snug. And uh, they had a little bit of life left in them. So I feel like I was able to run 350 miles in those without ever dealing with any kind of shin splints. Where in the Brooks Ghost, I could only get about 250 to 300 miles before I started to feel it. So while the training was pretty tough, I did find it really enjoyable. Um, overall, I would definitely do the Jack Daniels 2Q program again. I liked it, one, because it was super structured and organized. You know, I did have to do a lot of math and, you know, like spreadsheets to get my training program actually laid out. I mean, it took me like two or three days to get an Excel spreadsheet, you know, with every single uh, week laid out, all the miles and paces for those long runs. But after that was said and done, it was super organized and there was never any guesswork for me. Um, prescribed mileage every day and prescribe paces um, you know you just follow the plan and see it through also those long queue runs they really built my confidence in my running abilities during training so while I could have hit some of those paces probably during previous training cycles it was never really prescribed to me so I didn't spend a lot of time exploring those paces for example um, like I previously said, my goal was to first get up to my previous fitness level for my last PRs and then surpass that. So, you know, about six to eight weeks in, hitting some of those paces that I was hitting uh, back in 2020 with ease um, told me, okay, I've hit this uh, fitness level that I was at whenever I was in peak fitness in 2020. So now everything from here is just uh, growing. So, uh, that confidence really helped me throughout my training and going into race day. The one thing I didn't care for in this training program, at least not whenever I was getting everything set up and kind of getting going, was that there was no long runs prescribed further than 17 miles. So um, in my mind, how am I going to run 26 miles uh, at a harder, longer pace if I can't even train past 17 miles. But at the end of the day, I trusted the process and everything worked out. I was able to hit my time goal with ease. However, whenever you're in it, whenever you're trusting the process that somebody else has laid out for you, that you've chosen to put your whole training and potentially your race results on, it's easy to feel kind of nervous uh, not going past that 17 mile mark when other training plans usually have you doing 21, 22 miles a couple of times in the training cycle. 
But other than that, I found it really enjoyable and anybody looking for a challenge in their next training cycle, I would recommend this 2Q program. So I hope that was enough detail on my training plan. I will link in the notes to that, re that website that kind of compares and gives a lot of detail on the actual Jack Daniels running program. And if you want to actually check out the book, it's a Jack Daniels running formula. I think I used the fourth edition. Um, it's got a lot of good information in there just for uh, managing uh, a serious training cycle. So let's get into the nitty gritty of my nutrition during my training. Um, as a nutrition coach, I'm always prescribing specific targets, whether it's calories, macronutrients, um, like pre, during, and post-run nutrition. However, this is the first time that I've personally put everything together and strictly followed it, uh, at least as closely as I could. So my nutrition during my five months of training, uh, the plan was very meticulous, but I can honestly say that um, my strategically planned nutrition regimen was responsible for at least 60% of my race success. And I know you may think that I'm biased, but I honestly believe that it was more nutrition than it was actually training. So we'll talk about my pattern for macronutrients, my nutrient timing, and some specifics about fueling during my longer runs. So my main nutrition goal was to optimize my performance, of course, but I also wanted to lean out, so lose a little bit of fat mass, about seven to eight pounds uh, during my training. So how I planned that and made it happen was through a high carbohydrate and moderately high protein diet with a little bit of a slight calorie deficit. So this does mean that I tracked my food for almost the entirety of the five months which, as you would guess, became very cumbersome. But I was always in tune with how my diet was aligning with my goals, which built some confidence in my training. So I used the Carbon Diet Coach app, which I really enjoyed and had a ton of tools to make diet adjustments, uh, kind of similar to how I enjoyed the training program because it was all organized, structured, and there was no guesswork. I got the same from this Carbon Diet Coach app, so all my calories and macronutrients were um, adjusted up and down based off of my goals and my weight, really. So what does a high carbohydrate, moderately high protein diet actually look like? Um, my protein was on the high end, so I could attenuate some of that muscle loss that would naturally occur. Uh, with weight loss and extensive cardiovascular exercise. So I was taking in about two grams per kilogram of body weight per day, which came out to being about 149 grams a day. Um, this high protein also helped with muscle recovery from my strength training sessions, my long workouts, and also injury prevention, especially during those high training loads. And if you were curious about some sources of protein that I preferred, um, eggs, because eggs are the best protein source you can get, um, chicken and lean beef, um, whey protein powder is a great option for supplementation. I also love Greek yogurt and some cottage cheese as well. 
my carbohydrate intake was moderately high, so it was actually a little bit lower than what it could have been. Uh, it was around four and a half grams per kilogram of body weight, so that came out to being about 300 to 350 grams per day. However, that does not include um, the gels and the fuels that I would take during my runs. I would hardly ever count those in, so it may be close to that 350, uh, 400 grams per day because those long runs I'd be taking in 25 to 100 grams of carbohydrates. Um, the guidelines for my training and what I suggest to any of my clients who are in heavier training loads to be around that 6 to 7 grams per kilogram uh, of body weight, but for me that 4.5 grams per kilogram was enough to fuel uh, for good training performance while also pulling out a few calories every day for some fat loss. So next time I would like to begin my training cycle at my desired race weight so I could have a higher carbohydrate intake and see how my performance goes from there because um, it could have been even better potentially. Thanks for checking out part one of the two-part series of my Houston Marathon race recap. Uh, next episode, we're going to talk about my nutrient timing, my supplements, the carbohydrate load, my race morning meal, and the race day itself. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at nutritionwithnick1 at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram at nutritionwithnick and shoot me a DM over there. If you're interested on what sports nutrition coaching can do for you and your performance, check out my website at nutritionwithnick.com and fill out the coaching application in the upper right-hand corner.